You're listening to the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. Today's episode of Final Girls Horrorcast is brought to you by Tommy B, Black Cat, Monica, Mikey H, and the OT Gourmet Geek. To become a part of our amazing Patreon crew, please visit us on patreon.com slash finalgirlshorrorcast. and thanks for joining us on the 210th episode of Final Girls Horrorcast, the show where we discuss some of the horror, thriller, and sci-fi movies currently available on your favorite streaming sites. I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. And we're back to present day. It's true. No more 80s. Nope. I'm kind of sad about it. But we got two great movies today, Antebellum and Dr. Sleep. As a reminder, we do tend to spoil movies, so continue at your own risk. Uh, You can catch Antebellum streaming on Hulu, and Dr. Sleep is on Max Go, so please check those out before continuing if you are a spoiler-sensitive listener. And you guys do not, do not listen to us talk about Antebellum. I don't like saying that because... I want you to listen to us, but like, don't listen to us talk about Antebellum if you haven't seen it, because... We're going to spoil it. The best part about Antebellum is like not knowing what happens in Antebellum. And if you know what happens, it's going to ruin it. And I really want you all to experience it the way I experienced it because it was great. So spoiler alert. Yes. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Go check it out. Check it. Okay. But before we jump into today's films, let's get started with the segment that we like to call... Trailer Trash Talk. Today's trailer is In the Earth with an April 30th release date. It's written and directed by Ben Wheatley, who previously did Kill List. And he directed a segment in the ABCs of Death called... We don't know which one. I think it was You. You, okay. And then he also did Rebecca and the upcoming Meg... Two. Oh, Carly, are you excited about Meg 2? I am. I had to include it, even though it's only just been announced. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The IMDb summary is, as the world searches for a cure to a disastrous virus, a scientist and park scout venture deep into the forest for a routine equipment run. And I'm picking all the um, woods movies. <laughs> so... <laughs> Did we, I, I really had to look at it. I'm like, did we do this trailer already? Now you're thinking about Gaia, which is the last I'm Woods not, movie. I'm not thinking about Gaia. I think there was another one we did. And it was like a movie I hadn't heard of after we talked about it. But there was another one where they were in the woods with tents doing some sort of experiment. This isn't an experiment, but it was reminiscent of that. They're definitely in tents. Okay. In the woods. Yeah. So anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I love woods horror, and so I'm into it. (laughs) Same. I'm super excited, and it looks so good. And um, I don't know if you noticed, but there was a bloody disgusting quote uh, in the trailer that actually uh, Meg wrote. (laughs) I love Meg. (laughs) Me too. Isn't she the best? She's the best. We should have Meg back on. She's great. maybe for this. I don't know. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> but I'm really excited back. about this. A lot of people um, seem to have, who have seen it, have given it lots of praise and are very excited. So I am also excited. I think it looks great. Although, you know, reading like that this director also did Meg 2. <laughs> well, not yet. It hasn't been made yet. I know, yet. but I'm still confused by that. <laughs> have you seen Kill List? 
I haven't. Oh, Kill List is sick. You should check is it, it out. Okay. Yeah. I will. All right. Um, I think this looks great. I have no complaints. Is it, are they hallucinating? Is it like a real scary lady in the woods? I don't know what's happening. I get like ritual vibes too. Yeah. Totally. Oh, that movie was great too. That was a really good movie. Yes. I love, I love trapped in the woods horror movies. They're, it's just so fun because it's legit terrifying anytime yes. you're in the woods and you don't know where you are. It's legit terrifying anytime you're in the woods, period, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's true. I love the woods, but it's terrifying. Like, I need to be with people that know what they're doing because oh, I do not. Absolutely. I am not woods savvy, mm. um, but I do love nature. Sure. But if I was by myself, things would not go well for me. No, it's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> Too much can go wrong and there's not enough people around to help. No, I need I, to be saved. <laughs> you know, uh, very unrelated, but also kind of not. Um, I was on the TikTok. I'm going to call it the TikTok because I'm a cool old lady. I love it. I was on the TikTok today and someone posted this thing that was like talking about how there's like legit cannibals living in like america's national forests oh and i 100 percent think it's bullshit but i also was like but it could be real <laughs> i mean right now especially i feel like i just was like oh that she said she said oh i found out there's feral people living in america's national parks and they're cannibals and they're like that's why there's all these missing people and like i'm like really there's missing people because they don't know what they're doing they're in (laughs) they're by themselves and there's like bears and stuff they (laughs) did do a criminal minds about that though similarly not about cannibals but of a man living in a national park and he would kidnap uh he would kidnap like eight-year-old boys and like keep them for a year and then like let them go what is really weird that's worse than killing them i think yeah yeah it was really weird isn't it yes i feel like it might i I feel like it might be worse than killing i don't know well maybe not and also eating that's like adds a whole nother layer (gasps) what is he doing with them for a whole year though like nothing like Nothing weird. <laughs> How can it not be anything weird? You're well, keeping I mean, an eight-year-old I mean, for a year. Like nothing like sexual or anything like that. Like I think he I, – I don't remember the episode, but like I remember they were just like really malnutritioned and they hadn't like seen the sun for a while. And obviously what? like they were traumatized because they, they were taken from their parents. But I um, can't. I they can't handle eaten. this. They I weren't can't. eaten. No. <laughs> mm. Carly. I'm just saying. That reminded me of a Criminal Minds episode. Oh, my God. Was that based on a real thing, though? I don't know. Someone thought of it, though. (laughs) (laughs) It might as well be real if someone thought of it, right? It was written. God, we're doing these new movies today, and I don't even know what to do. I'm very excited to talk about both of these movies today. I actually really am, too. One more. Yeah, one more spoiler alert, though. Like, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Fast forward to Dr. Sleep if you haven't seen Antebellum. Okay, go ahead. All right, so we are, we have warned you 
And so we are going to jump into 2020's Antebellum, written and directed by both Gerard Bush and Christopher Renz, who both previously had worked on shorts and music videos, and this is their first feature-length film. The IMDb summary is, successful author Veronica Henley finds herself trapped in a horrifying reality and must uncover the mind-bending mystery before it's too late. This movie blew my mind. I was honestly like, okay, so this movie I was super jazzed about, right? When we like when we did the trailer trash talk for it, I'm pretty yeah. sure I was excited. Yeah. Um, and I think then we both were. Yeah, and then it kept getting pushed back, and then it came out, and then everybody shit on it, and so then I never saw it because did it, people shit on this? Oh, people shit on it. Why? Real hard. Why? Um, and that's why I never saw it. And so I kind of went in a little bit apprehensive, um, but I ended up, first of all, this movie is beautifully shot. It's amazing. Like, it's gorgeous. It's so beautiful. Yes. Um, and while, yes, there are a lot of things here that are kind of taken from other horror-ish movies... Um, I, I really did enjoy my time with it and I thought it was really heavy and really horrifying. Yes. Um, I don't know. I thought I remembered hearing good things about this movie, but maybe we were hearing different things. I don't know. And it doesn't have great reviews on IMDb. I don't know. How, do you know how it did on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I don't, but I can look. Yeah, I'm curious. Um, not that it matters, though. Like, I I don't know. I, I wasn't expecting a lot from this movie. And I think I thought I fucked up when I put this on the wheel. Like, when I started it, I was like, oh, oh, is this a bad idea to put this on the wheel? Because this is heavy. Um, so it's... Uh, from critics, 28%. From audience score, 52 What? So the thing what that I... What am I missing? What am I missing? That, the thing that I heard and um, also had read from a lot of writers in the black community is that it's... The issue with it is it's so gratuitous and um what's the word that i'm looking for um violent but there's no like resolution like it's a lot of i think gratuitous would be the the best word for it um it's very violent but there's no resolution to what we're seeing there isn't that's the i wish i would have sent you this article I was sent because I had the same question um, because I really did enjoy my time with this movie. I thought it was really well done. I um, I mean, yes, it has kind of a village-esque vibe to it, but I thought that the way that that was shared with us um, was great. Uh, I loved that juxtaposition and kind of starting in – what we aren't sure what time it is, right? And then going yeah. back, I thought that transition too was like absolutely 
stunning. It was perfect. Uh, yeah. I, okay. So I don't know why people don't like this. And I didn't read any reviews. I honestly thought we were going to both come in here and think, oh, everyone liked it. I, I didn't I didn't keep up on what other people were saying about it, basically. Yeah. And who gives a fuck what other people think about it? I mean, I, I of course I care when we're talking about these types of things, when we're talking about slavery, when we're talking about, you know, the black experience in America, when we're talking about people of color in general, like I obviously care w- what people think about it in that respect because I don't want to be tone deaf and I want to understand but also like I don't know this movie fucked me up in a I think a positive way I think so too yeah I feel like I, I feel like it made me push my brain outside of its comfort zone um absolutely and I I don't know I think it had favorable results for me um, but I'm also like a white person watching it, you know, I, I don't know. So I, so anyway, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. Cause I put this on the wheel cause I just saw the word antebellum as it was streaming and the poster and I totally forgot what the movie was about. And I, I'm pretty sure I texted it to you too. I was like, antebellum's on Hulu. Yeah. Added immediately. Yeah. And, and I just remember like us talking about it a long time ago and I remember like thinking it was going to be good. And I didn't remember what it was about. I didn't know it was going to have this whole slavery aspect to it. So when I put it on the wheel and we called it, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And, you know, I've done my research to what antebellum means. But at the time when I picked it, I didn't. OK, I don't know everything. <laughs> so anyway, we're watching. So I'm watching this and I'm watching it with Tony like early in the morning because I'm crazy and I watch movies early in the morning. And I'm like, Okay, I picked this movie because I thought Dr. Sleep would be too heavy for first thing in the morning. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, man. I I done fucked up because this is way heavier than Dr. Sleep is. Yes. Yes, it is. And so, okay, spoilers are coming. I, you know, this whole beginning of this movie is very uncomfortable and it very reminiscent. I mean, you think it's. During the Civil War, you can hear guns, you can hear, you know, there's a whole slavery aspect that is very intense, which I could see why not everybody's going to enjoy watching that. And obviously, it's very uncomfortable to watch and very heavy. What? I said it's heart wrenching. It's hard. It is heart wrenching. And you and I had a really hard time watching it. Um, as I think most people would. Um, but I kept pushing because I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I'm remembering this movie correctly, I'm pretty sure this also takes place in modern day. So here I am thinking like this woman's like, she's the ancestor of someone in modern day and it's going to, something's going to happen, you know, or I thought there was going to be like a supernatural element where, you know, eventually we are introduced to our modern day character and I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be some kind of supernatural something that happens to her. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just you find out the whole beginning of the movie is this modern day woman being forced back into slavery that's like hidden in this like Civil War reenactment grounds. Like, I'm sorry, that blew my mind. I think that's brilliant. And I hate the village. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so I hate funny. The, I feel like we And you know, there was definitely things that I was watching about like the whole beginning slavery part where you think it really is something that's taking place during the Civil War. I think everyone believes that, right? I don't think anyone's watching the beginning of this movie not realizing that it's or not thinking that it's taking place during the Civil War, right? Oh, no, totally. Um, okay. I actually, so I read a little bit about the movie before um, I I watched it. Like, I read the non-spoiler trivia um, okay. for it. Um, and so I knew, I thought, which I thought was really kind of cool, is they, the director's, actually got the lenses that was that were used to shoot gone with the wind Mm. in order to create the same like feel like of being on a plantation like back in that time right um with the goal of correcting kind of the uh the glossy effect that gone with the wind had over slavery um and really just saying no like this is how it really was right which I thought was like crazy fascinating. And it's true. Like it really does lend. I mean, I absolutely thought that we were um, back in Civil War times at the beginning yeah. of this movie. But it was also kind of confusing to me because some of it was c- contrary to what I'd learned, you know, previously or I'd seen previously in films during Civil War era, like slavery type films. Like there were things that didn't seem. <laughs> There were things happening to people that I had not seen put on film before. Sure. Um, when it came to slavery and things of that. Not that it didn't necessarily happen. It's just for me, I was like extra shocked. And then to find out what was really happening made it even made it. I don't even know if I can say more. I, I don't know if it's more heart wrenching. It's it's awful. <laughs> it's it. It, it was know. horrific. It like, made me so my, my jaw hit the ground. I yeah. Yeah. It I agree. Yeah. I absolutely agree with you. I don't know. This this definitely put me in a mental place to think about America, to think about what it is I like mean, to be a person of color in America mm-hmm. and to I don't know. Like I I feel like this was a positive film to watch I do too because I mean it really makes me think like obviously I view myself and want to be an ally to you know people of color and I think that this movie really highlights how dangerous this mentality is and can be yeah because there are people in the world with that mentality yeah and and it is a very herd mentality, right? There's the yeah. one guy. I mean, we just saw it. We just lived it for the last four years, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. one guy who's spouting all this bullshit, and these other people are just kind of falling into line and making it making it happen. And yeah. it's so dangerous. Yeah. And, I, and it, this movie really brings that front and center to the point where I think – that it was extremely effective. Yeah. Even in thinking, even in someone who looks at herself as an ally, you know? Like, yeah. what else could absolutely. I be fucking doing? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just so many, like, little... I mean, even when we're forced into into modern day 
we meet, you know, our main character. Um, and it's Veronica, right? Is her name mm-hmm. in modern day. Uh, we meet Veronica and she is like this political activist. She's an activist for people of color um, and for for social justice and I you know we love uh, this whole family is just the cutest I love them this oh, whole family so unit. Cute. I love her friends I love you know I, every interaction seems familiar to mm-hmm. film now um good character development good character writing um and then what happens after dinner is I, I don't know. I can't even put it into words because I really thought I knew what was going to happen. And it was so different. I'm not being very articulate here. I I don't even know how to put it into words. Well, <laughs> okay. So, so the honest. way if you watch the trailer, the way that it looks and is cut in the trailer specifically, and I think they even mention it like in there was like a weird marketing ploy not only with um, them kind of implying that like Jordan Peele had something to do with it when it was really mm-hmm. like a different producer that also produced us and uh, get out and get out yeah yeah um, but they also used like a weird CGI to kind of make you think that there's some element of time travel yeah. or um something like that where this modern woman is transported yeah back into civil war times so if you've seen the trailer that's probably that's, why i thought that then yeah that's probably what you're gonna go into this movie thinking that it well, is and also like we have like some serious like supernatural feeling things like once jenna malone is in modern day doing her jenna malone shit mm-hmm. um which by the way is so heart-wrenching for me because i love <sighs> I love Jenna Malone, but I hate her in this. Obviously, oh, she's, she's terrible. The worst. Um, but I was so excited to see Jenna Malone in something because I hadn't seen her in so long. I was like, "Yeah, Jenna Malone!" I'm like, "Oh no, no, we're not then, cheering for her." And then you're like, "You hate her from the yeah, minute from the no. minute that she's on that Skype call." No, or Zoom yeah, absolutely. Call with Veronica, oh yeah, with just... her microaggressions, with Ugh. her. Oh, I love your lipstick. I couldn't wear that because of my skin tone, and I... you're so articulate. And yes. no, no, no. Fuck off with your microaggressions. Goodbye. You hate her. Oh, and her daughter. Oh, talking about her daughter, I was like, oh, I'm gonna punch this lady. I'm gonna punch her right in your face. Right. Yes. But Veronica's so graceful about everything. Like oh, she's, she's wonderful. She stands up for, like, everything she believes in in, like, the best way. I don't know. She's just so great. I love her. And it's so nice to see... Um, oh, God. What's her friend's name again? Oh, my God. Oh, Gabare, uh Yes. C- I can't say her last name, but I know who you're talking about. Gabrae Sidibe? Sidibe. Sidibe. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. I love her. I was really excited when I God, saw her some, name. Like pop up. seriously, white people trying to say names. Um, sorry, yeah, sorry, <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> um, and love uh, seeing Janelle Monae in a leading role. I feel like I think this is her first. Her first leading. Dude, the film acting's role. great in this. No complaints with the acting. No, it's so good. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. I really I like know. this movie. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I really liked it. I don't know why people didn't like it other than it's it's tricky. It's very tricky. 
it's tricky, but you know, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be challenged. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I love how like the little things that I thought were inaccuracies, you know, where I'm like, why is there no men on this plantation? Like, why is it all women? And why are like the little things where I'm like, would they just be doing that? Or in terms of like the labor they were doing, um, I was confused by that. I was I was like, why aren't there any men on this? And, and it turns out, like, because they would totally be overpowered if there were more men on the The women are the, the main focus, really, on the main victims of this. Mm-hmm. They do have a few men, our main. There's not a men. There's not many, though. There's way more women. There are way more women. Here than men. For sure. And, and what happens to this man is devastating it becomes a million times worse when you realize it was like his legit wife Mm -hmm. like i don't know how to i guess it's not even but see i'm being challenged right now of course it's his it would have been his legit wife then too i don't know see i'm fucking up already I think it can't be more horrific in modern day is my fact is this the fact like I feel like it is just because I find it more relatable as someone in this modern day. But it's no 100 percent. And that's kind of that was like the focus of the movie. Right. Right. Like the so the director came up with it as like he basically um, I think he said he like had a nightmare about about this kind of situation and yeah. like was like oh it'd be good for a short story but really fleshing it out and like showing people that like even back like these were human beings that were yeah. that were doctors that were teachers that were husbands that were wives that were ripped from the life that they knew and forced into this situation and this movie to me perfectly shows you how fucked up that is yeah because when you we know watch I mean? these things and we read about it historically it doesn't feel real mm-hmm. and a lot of it, it doesn't to be honest, feel it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel relatable this feels fucking relatable like and honestly a lot of things in in schools in america are yeah. super glossy of course they, they do not go into just the whole mechanics behind it you know yeah Yeah. and that's like to me where this was extremely effective absolutely no you're 100 percent right and i think this it forces you to look at it from a current point of view i don't know i find it i think it's i think it's a great accomplishment i don't know if people don't like it that's fair yeah that's their own thing, but yeah. I I got a lot out of it. Same. I found it. I think it's great. Everyone should check it out. But yeah, it is tricky. It's a, it's hard to watch, for sure. It's difficult. It's absolutely it horror as far as I'm concerned. Oh. I don't think it gets more horrific than this. Absolutely. 100%. I found it terrifying. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. 
so yeah, definitely check this movie out. Decide for yourselves what you think of it if you haven't and you just blew past all of our our warnings, our spoiler warnings. Because um, it's definitely something that we uh, are interested in in talking about and continuing the discussion. Um, with that said, let's shimmy into the next movie. <laughs> shimmy into it? I don't know. <laughs> We're going to shimmy. Is that the correct adjective for moving into Dr. Sleep? Yes. Okay. Like how he We're slides into the wall. It's a little shimmy down. <laughs> shimmy down. No. It's a, that's floor. forced. That's a little forced. <laughs> that's a little forced. Okay. Let's move in. Uh, talk about Dr. Sleep from 2019. It's written and directed by Mike Flanagan. Story by Stephen King, of course. Uh, the IMDb summary is years following the events of The Shining. A now adult Dan Torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. Do we know that this cult is called the True Knot from the film? Or is that like a... Okay. No, they mention it a bunch. Okay. Cool. Yes. And they refer um, to themselves as the knot a lot as well. I've heard them say the knot. I didn't know it was the true knot. I yes. Guess. Yes. Okay. Um, I saw this in theaters. Same. And this was my second time watching it. This was my fourth. <laughs> oh, my God. Really? I really like this movie. This time I watched the director's cut, though. Oh, my gosh. So I forgot that i liked it this much that's so, so that's good. great it's so good I, mean, I remember liking it um i and i remembered the movie but i didn't remember how much i liked it until i was you know like halfway into it i was like oh i really like this movie <laughs> mike fucking flanagan dude 10 out of 10 man i mean mike flanagan and stephen king come on yes, yes. the dynamic duo if you will absolutely love them both same i love Um, flanagan's just attention to detail and just respect for the the source material and the fans and the fans i mean i it's my understanding i did not read the book but it's my understanding that he really wanted to be respectful to both the novel and also to Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining, mm-hmm. which is very different than, you know, Stephen King's The Shining. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he knows that there's a whole fan base that's very attached to Stanley K- Kubrick's version. That was um, actually like a huge hurdle that they kind of had to to jump over when they were making it because Mike Flanagan obviously like wanted stephen king on board he also wanted the blessing of the kubrick estate and so um you know basically because because people look at the shining movie as kind of like the gold standard you know they didn't really like the miniseries this had to be a sequel to that movie versus going off of everything that was in the book Well, and it's even harder to marry because Mm -hmm. Stephen King, you know, is well known for disliking Stanley Kubrick's film. Mm-hmm. 
And so I just think he did an amazing job of bringing in elements from the book. Not yeah. not only Dr. Sleep, but also The Shining. He brought in a yes. lot of elements from The Shining into this movie that were just perfect. And they fit so well. Yeah. I mean, it's really, there's I, there's not much bad I can say about this film. It's two hours and 40 minutes-ish. Mm-hmm. Did not feel like it. No. Super easy to get through. Not a problem. It flows so freaking well. It flows really well. No looking at my phone, no distractions, just sitting there and watching the entire movie from the beginning to end. That's fucking rare. The- it's really rare. I got so excited. Like, when I pressed play, I got so excited. That opening scene, oh, it's so come good. the fuck on. Rose yeah. the Hat is such a fucking creepy wonderful villain rebecca ferguson just kills it she kills it yes and the funny thing is is about that first scene is that you kind of like rose the hat at first right i want to be her friend and then she's like murdering children and then i'm like maybe not but (laughs) you get it you get the allure you get why people want to join this club so this club by the way they are the perfect mix of vampires and witches. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like, of lore, you know, because the whole lore of witches, you know, taking the youth to make themselves young, a la Hocus Pocus. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this suck the life force vampire, vampiric element. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the visual of them doing that is just—it's very Mike Flanagan-esque. Oh, it so is. It's brilliant. I can say, can I say Flanagan-esque? Does that make me sound pretentious? No, because I'm right there with you, my friend. (laughs) That it is pretentious. I don't. Nope. That it's correct. That it is. I'm gonna put on my shark pants and say Flanagan-esque all over the place. (laughs) Join the club. Um. But yeah, I think this, I forgot how much I liked it. Um, Abra is a fantastic character. She's such a little badass. She is a super badass. Um, And this whole Danny arc is fantastic. I loved it. I love seeing him. I, I, you know, when when I was watching, I was like, do we need to see him like this? And I'm like, yes, we yes. absolutely do need to see him like down in the dumps, <laughs> mm-hmm. making terrible decisions, doing terrible things. I mean, how heartbreaking is it that that woman he slept with and that baby die? Like, so sad. And the- they still haven't found us. They still haven't found us. He does no things. No things. But it lets us know who he is and where he came from and what he's been going through. Yeah. And I love the part where we have Holleran coming back saying, Mm -hmm. like, you've done a lot to turn everything around, but you haven't done enough yet. Like, you still, you're not there yet. You still have to do more. I love that. I love that he's, like, basically, like, what I did for you, it's your turn. You have to pay it forward. Yeah. Stop being a selfish prick and help this little girl. Yeah. 
Who's such um, a little badass. I, Sorry, go Can ahead. I somehow start talking about this True Not group? Absolutely. I love their okay. names. Yes, their names are great. Can I just ask you, is that one guy from Backstreet Boys? Yes, right. It's from Backstreet Boys. I don't know which guy you're talking about. The guy in the true knot that's her, like, right-hand man. Crow Daddy? Yeah. No. Are you sure? 100% sure. He's not a Backstreet Boy. No. Are we sure about that? What? <laughs> <laughs> he was in Bone Tomahawk. <laughs> was he also in the Backstreet Boys? I don't think... <laughs> Any of the Backstreet Boys were Native Americans. <laughs> Are you sure? Called me crazy. Why does he remind me of, is it because of the hat? I honestly have no idea because I have no idea <laughs> what you're talking about. All right, I'm going to have to do a side by side. I'm going to have to do a side by side because. Oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> kept making Backstreet Boys jokes because it's the hat, I think. It's the hat that makes me think he's a Backstreet Boy. When did any of the Backstreet Boys, did they all wear cowboy hats often? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I can't. so confused. Okay, I was not, I was never that much of a fan of the Backstreet Boys that I could even tell you which Backstreet Boy I'm, th- okay. Okay. There is one that wears a hat often, and he has the same facial hair. And I think that's why I keep thinking he's a That's Backstreet so Boy. funny. I'm dying. I'm dying inside. I didn't really think he was a Backstreet Boy. Can I just clarify in case our <laughs> listeners don't understand She's my humor? Lying. She totally thought it. No, I mean... Oh, I, I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought that maybe you would have the same impression as me, but I guess I'm alone. I didn't. I love Crow Daddy. Not that Crow you're Daddy saying that you... looks like he might fit in with the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> A little bit. Oh my god, that's so he funny. He could be the scary one. <laughs> the scary one? The one that will... He's he's pretty sound. He could be the scary spice of the Backstreet Boys. Oh. I think he's like the most level-headed of the True Knot. I know, but in the Backstreet Boys, he would legit be the scary that's one if true. he's the one that's sucking life force out of people. He would be the extreme one. Catch up, Carly. All right, all right. Catch up. All right, my my Backstreet Boys jokes aren't going to land, so I'm going to just move on. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote quite a few. Of the Backstreet Boys? I definitely wrote Backstreet's back a couple times. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I I guess I'm the only one that feels that way. So we're going to. Let us know if if you also think that Crow Daddy (laughs) is a part of the Backstreet Boys. He might be. I'm still not sure that he's not. Oh, my God. My face hurts from laughing, from <laughs> smiling too hard. <laughs> um, No, his name is uh, Zon McLaren, and he is not a Backstreet Boy. No. But I'm just saying he could be. In another world or? <laughs> <laughs> In another, like, parallel universe. Gotcha. Like, yeah. We don't even yeah. know if he can sing. No, it's fine. But it's okay. There's enough of them. Like it's he just fine. needs to be able to carry a tune, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's. 
Uh, I'm really not doing well this episode. You're doing wonderfully. I'm not. I'm not, but thank you for saying so. You're doing beautifully. Um, So let's shout out a few familiar faces. (sighs) Uh, Jocelyn Donahue of House of the Devil fame is uh, Abra's mom. Lovely seeing her. Oh, yeah. Um, And then we have a final girl favorite, Alex Esso, as Wendy Torrance. Oh, my God. Just fucking killing it. Killed it. Killing it. Killed it. Uh, Absolutely. And Henry Thomas, uh, little Elliot from E.T., right, as the bartender, a.k.a. Jack Torrance. She doesn't feel good about it. I don't like that one. I did. I thought he nailed the mannerisms. I thought he Mm. did great. Mm. Mm. I mean, you're allowed to talk. Well, I'm trying to to formulate what I want to say about it. (laughs) Because I love Henry Thomas. I don't think he's the greatest actor in the world. I think acting and imitating are two different things. And okay. I think that he... I, just because you're not good at one doesn't mean you're automatically good at the other. No, no, no. I don't think okay. that's true at all. I mean, oh, okay. I agree with you is kind of what I was saying in a weird way. Um, but I think he did... It was obviously going to be a tough role no matter what, right? It was no, absolutely no matter absolutely. who was in this role, we we're going to judge a little bit. Um, of course. And I thought he did well. I think he was absolutely the wrong choice. Who would you have cast? And literally anyone that can do a Jack Nicholson impression, which is a lot of people. That is true. A lot of people can. <laughs> <laughs> or even resembles him a little bit. He didn't sound like him at all. Jack Nicholson has a very specific voice. And if you're going to make it this similar to like Kubrick's Shining, like. Like Al- Alex Esso legitimately sounded like Shelley Duvall. When she, she looked like her, she was and her her mimicking oh. of it is fucking spot on. When she shrieked Danny in the park, I was like, holy yes. mother, are you kidding me? She killed if, it. Now, now, Ewan McGregor killed that scene. Yes. So Ewan McGregor killed the scene where he's talking to his dad. Yes. And that's why it works. He it did. works because of Ewan McGregor. Ewan it McGregor. does not work because of Henry Thomas. Let's be clear. I'm sorry. Ewan McGregor is like amazing. He's amazing in this. He really he's fantastic in this. He really did great work. You know who but else I'm just, did? Sorry, that scene. But Carly, come on. I thought he was fine. He didn't that bother me. That scene works because of you and McGregor. Oh, I agree there. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, I mean, I'm fine. I'm not like upset about it. But I'm not going to praise Henry Thomas in this scene. I'm sorry. I'm just not. That's okay. I, I don't think it's Henry Th- Henry Thomas's fault. I think he did a good job within his capabilities. I just don't think that was cast properly. I think it was a Henry Thomas is a Mike Flanagan person that yeah. he puts in a lot of his movies and he wanted to fit him in somewhere. I don't think it was the right choice personally, but Mike Flanagan makes mostly right choices. So we'll just let it go. <laughs> we'll, we'll let it go. 
<laughs> just let it go. How painful was it for you to watch the Jacob Tremblay scene? Because not as hard as it was for you. It was really fucking hard for me. Yeah. He You love Jacob Tremblay. I though. do love Jacob Tremblay, yeah. but he I just I think it's even like a testament to him because his screams and I don't know if it was just the director's cut was like a little bit longer. But Probably. like and he like at the end, like blood bubbles out of his mouth and it's like a really like just gross moment. Um, that seems fucking rough, man. I think uh, I remember it being harder to watch in the theater. I didn't have as hard of a time watching it this time. You monster. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I'm like, fuck. And like the people that I've spoken to are like, yeah, that scene's real rough. It is rough. It is. I'm not saying it wasn't difficult to watch. I just remember it being more difficult in the theater. Everything's more difficult in the theater. man. His little yeah. screams. It's so sad. Yeah. And also like you did watch the director's cut. It may have been worse. I think it was a little bit yeah. worse. Yeah. She really gets in there. Yeah. There's a lot of I mean, like sorry, go ahead. No, she is terrifying and like the way she says like, oh, it's better if you're scared. Yeah. <laughs> makes it I don't know if worse, she, if this tell sure. me if this happens in uh in the director's cut, she like well yeah, it does happen. So she senses Abra, right? Um yeah. but like every she like really gets in there and like causes him a lot of pain because every time he does that opera comes in a little clearer yeah and so i feel like it goes on a lot longer oh yeah i don't think i got that yeah it was rough man i don't think that she kept going in to make it worse because opera showed up mm-hmm. oh. um i didn't notice that but opera's reaction ma- does make it worse yeah sure because she's freaking out. I do remember I turned the volume down in that scene because Tony was sleeping. And um, I don't think most people like to wake up to blood curdling screaming. Children so. screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. that might be why I felt less affected by it, too, is I, I like legit turned the volume very low. That makes sense. Um, I was being a nice li- wifey. Um I don't. I love watching horror movies like really early in the morning. (laughs) Fucking weird. Um, I like wake up at five a.m. so I can watch a horror movie when it's dark out in the morning. I'm the opposite. I'll stay up till like three in the morning watching them. I can't. No, I can't do that. But I can't like wake up and watch watch a horror movie. Oh no, absolutely. I'm like, oh, it's still dark. It feels like I woke up in the middle of the night, so I'm just gonna go watch a horror movie while it's still dark. I like that's my favorite. I love that. Um. Anyway. Um, so that also be might might be why I found it less hard to watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think sound has a lot to do with it. I could definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, Alex Esso is just a, such a fucking treasure. She is not in enough things. I will agree with that. What the fuck? She's in Midnight Mass, though. I know. So apparently, <sighs> uh, Mike Flanagan's collecting her. With his actor collection that he has. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't. She's fucking right. great. It's true. Smart man. Smart man right there. I love it. Okay. Okay. I, yeah. I mean, it's, just, it's, oh. Ewan McGregor was a great choice. What a, what a catch to get in this movie too, by the way. 
I know. I'm, I was actually surprised. Um, so Dan Stevens, Chris Evans, Matt Smith, and Jeremy Renner were also considered. Oh. Um, and met with Flanagan. Oh, Dan Stevens. Could you imagine? I'd be too distracted. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I would have been way too distracted. Uh, Wait, who else? I just heard Dan Stevens. Sure. And- <laughs> so Chris Evans, aka Captain America, Matt yeah, yeah, Smith, yeah. aka Doctor Who, and Jeremy Renner, okay. aka. Uh, why am I blanking on his name? Hawkeye. Thank you. Hawkeye. Thank you. Oh my god, I almost said it before you. I got it. I got Ew. It. By the way, Jeremy Renner. I adore Chris. Or yeah, Chris Evans and Matt Smith, though. Yeah. Can do without Jeremy Renner in basically anything. Sorry, overrated. He's not my favorite, either, but you know, <clears throat> he's fine. Um, I mean, I love all of them. But Ewan, Ewan McGregor was the best choice. Absolutely. For, that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think they all could have handled it, but I think Ewan McGregor likely did it better than they would. I agree. He was so good. He's just got that right. Dan Stevens is too pretty for it. I agree. Can, we, can Dan Stevens look not pretty? Can you think of a role where Dan Stevens didn't look pretty? No. I can't think of one. Uh, a one. I can't think of a one. <laughs> and he needs to have a moment where he's not pretty, you know? Yeah. I think Ewan McGregor, you, like, totally nailed this. And he went he through the motions. Like, you could yeah. feel, you could feel that transition. and Yeah. No, he killed it. Oh. He killed this role. It was so good. I loved it. It was so good. I love when he meets Abra's dad. And Abra's dad just, like, tries to beat the shit out of him. <laughs> and he's like, you need That's to true. show him. That's not the same thing. <laughs> Telling and showing are not the same thing. And and uh, Dick Holleran's back. And I thought Carl Lumby did a great job. Lumbly, sorry. Did a great job in that role. Oh, he really did. Yeah. Yeah. He really did. I had to, like, go back and say, wait a minute. Is that the same guy? Yeah, no, it's not. No. Of course not. But no. he kills it and his voice though that's it that's no the thing. he does he the has voice the that's why it is yeah a- absolutely a- you have to do the voice it's like the same thing with alex esso i was like that's not shelly yes. Duvall, but like that's her fucking voice that's why i'm saying it is inappropriate i get that it. henry thomas is playing jack nicholson I sorry ya. i get you do you know how many jack nicholson impersonators there are out there there's a yeah. fucking lot yeah but you i, I... And that, and he, and the role he's playing is so dry. He's literally a ghost that just says like very few lines. But see, with impersonators, there's a lot. There's a it can go gimmicky really fast. It can with, go gimmicky, but you're telling me that there's not someone that they could have gotten for probably much less money than Henry Thomas that could have pulled that off. I, I'm saying that I trust the Flanagan. <laughs> No, you don't. Not for this. I know you agree with me. You just don't want to say it. No, because I think that that's a stressful. That's I, I really do think that that's a stressful role to cast no matter what. Of course it is. And I think, I don't know. It it honestly, his, his. He didn't look like him. He didn't sound like him. The only reason I knew he was supposed to be Jack Torrance is because Ewan McGregor called him dad. <laughs> It's the only way I knew. I knew before that, but I I get what you're saying. 
Yeah, we got nothing from it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you just let it go. I can't let it go. See, now I have to harp on it. Let's talk about Snake by Andy as a character, because I find her the most interesting character in this entire film. She is interesting. She... Because you start off loving her, and then we have to hate her. Yeah, we do, because she kills Billy. Which is, by the way, poor Billy. Poor Billy. Just, just got dragged right into this mess. He was just trying to help. Billy is such a good guy. He's like the best guy. <sighs> Poor Billy. Uh, but yeah, so we have Snake by Andy, who is like this character who has this special power where basically whatever she whispers, you do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And she likes to catch basically old men who's, who's trying to date little girls and cuts their face. I mean, that's kind of lame. You've just been like, I fell and I cut my face. Like, you don't. Well, that's why like, sh she has the whole spiel and why she gives the two cuts. It's not just like yeah. you can't explain it away. And every time you look in the mirror, you're going to, this is what you're going to say. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. But like, yeah, could have been better. She could have done something worse. <laughs> I don't know. I think looking in the mirror every time and seeing those things and remembering those things. I think yeah. that's pretty good. Maybe just I, it should have been alone. like you have to tell everybody <laughs> that you meet every time. Every time they ask what happened to your face, you have to tell them. <laughs> that would be worse. Well, I'm a creeper. Opinion. Well, I'm a terrible creeper, and I like to prey on little girls. <laughs> That's worse. That's worse than looking in the mirror and saying it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we we like this character because she's given shitty dudes their comeuppance. But then this is where you really I think her character is supposed to help us to realize the whole like vampiric part of this group. Well, I think it's like all, you're, it's also you're really kind of selling your soul. Yes. Um, and so it's kind of it's showing us a couple things, right? It's showing um, that they that the true knot also pinpoints people with these gifts and can yeah. bring them into the true knot or they can sure. murder them and just eat them yeah. um and it kind of depends on the person and um again like this is something with abra that they contemplate you know some yeah. of her powers coming in and know she's going to be too powerful and yeah. um then I don't know. I don't remember if this is in the movie, but I, it really stood out to me this time um, that I watched it. Is Rose wants to keep Abra like a cow, and like yeah, that's just and just ooh, feed over her over, over a long period of time. Yeah, yeah, ugh. yeah. so fun. Which there's no way she could do that. No, Abra's too fucking strong, and she's such a badass. I love Abra. Yeah, well, they keep underestimating her. Mm-hmm. But she's Bunch so dummies. smart. Um, but sorry, we can go back to um, Snakebite Andy. Uh, she does have a very interesting character arc because you can see there's that bit of rebel in her from the beginning that just kind of expands once she's like actually initiated into the true knot. She really buys into it. Yeah, but I, I just – I think it just shows – because you feel – I felt like she had a soul – you know, 
she was using her powers to it felt like revenge, right? And even what, and I think probably in the book they dive into that more. I'm just guessing. But we have, you know, Rose the Hat is saying things like, oh, this is something that happened to you. Like she's alluding to the fact that there has been some kind of abuse in Andy's past and this is her way of revenge. Um, but then we see this switch where, you know, suddenly she's so quick to give up her life um which i don't think anyone blames her for i mean i don't blame her we don't get the feeling like she knew what was going to happen to her i honestly i don't think she really cared i think because she for me it seems like she just wanted that sense of family she wanted that sense of belonging it felt like prior she was just on her own doing her own yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious what this character's like in the book and how much more they focus on it. Because I kind of want a little more of this. And I know, obviously, the time allotted for this film does not allow for that. But I'm sure Stephen King went more into this. Oh, you know um, he did. And I'm curious what the real... Like, how what that character arc looks like in the book versus the movie. Mm -hmm. Because here it's really fast. And we don't really know why she said yes. We don't even see her say yes. We just see Rose asking her. And then the next scene is her becoming one of these things. Mm -hmm. And Rose even says that you died. So we know that they're, they're not, they're no longer alive. Right. They're, they're like, dead. they're vampires. They're vampires. They're witch vampires, which is weird. But cool. I'm good. I'm down with it. Vam nomadic vampires. Nomadic vampires with, with special powers. Mm -hmm. Additional special powers. At least some of them do. Yep. I want to read the book now because I want to know. I'm sure we find out more about all of them. their powers because the only one we know. Okay, we know what Rose's powers are. She can basically do all the things. Andy can manipulate people's minds. And we know that... Um, uh, Crow Daddy ca is good at sensing other supernatural people mm -hmm. in the area. You can kind of sniff them out like a bloodhound. That's all I know. I don't know what the other ones do, and I want to know. I want to know what Diesel Doug does. I want to know what Barry the Chunk does. I want to know what Grandpa Flick does. I really want to know what Barry the Chunk does. Yes. And Apron Annie. And Silent Sari. There you go. Short Eddie. <laughs> I want to know what they all do, Carly. I want to know their backstories. I do, too. So I'm going to have to read the book, I guess. I do want to um, apologize because when this book came out, I remember shit talking it. <laughs> oh, I have the uh, the like the Facebook on this day. It reminds me like every year <laughs> that I shit talk this book. Did you, too? I you did it, too? Absolutely, I did. <laughs> I was like, this sounds risky. I don't remember what did I did. Did we I talk wrote, about it I together? I, I mean, know. I don't even think we were like talking a lot then. Yeah, I don't think we had this podcast for sure. No, we definitely didn't have the podcast. And uh, no, I don't know. No, but I remember on Facebook, I because I have a memory that pops up too. That's like, <laughs> oh, you should talk Dr. Sleep, you monster. And I have to remember it and yep. live with that fact every day of my life. Yep, same. That's funny. I'm sorry. Past Amy was stupid. 
I really want to read the book now. I think I should. Maybe I'll read the book. It's definitely on my list. <sighs> yeah, it's just it's just a good it's just a good one, guys. It's just a good one. It's so good. I could literally talk about this movie for hours. I could watch it. I after I watched it and Tony walked in at the end of me watching it and was like, oh, this apocalypse movie. I'm like, it's not. It's not an apocalypse movie. It's not. It's not. <laughs> Where are they going? You know, it's, it's at the very end when they're going to the Overlook. I'm like, that's the Overlook, Tony. It's the Overlook. The Shining. The Shining. He's like, oh, 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 okay. I really want to know how the book ends. Me too. Because this ends how The Shining was supposed to end. With yeah. Jack sacrificing himself for the family so they could yeah. get out. So I really will have to read the book, man. I will say I like how Danny sacrifices himself at the end because there is a point of which there's no return for him. Mm-hmm. I think once. Um, oh, God. What's the name of his friend again? I'm Billy. Drawing a blank. When Billy dies. There's no going back for him. Yeah, that's it. So I think once Billy dies, it's a good thing that he's... How do you... I guess even before that, because how do you reconcile digging up a little boy? Yeah. But at least with Billy there, he has someone to kind of lean on. I don't think that he would ever be able to go back and be completely normal again, especially with Billy. But obviously, like, Billy's there. He's supportive. Like, poor Billy. They could get through it, you know? He really is just helping the wrong guy. (laughs) I mean, his heart was in the right place. He just shouldn't have. I don't know. I mean, once they're shooting people. But then, like, you see them, like, disappearing. Then you're like, oh, they're not people. They're murdering yeah. children. Yeah, but, like, how, like, what park is this where there's zero people around? That's why they chose it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, once, the, I don't know, maybe I'm just so used to San Diego. If there's a picnic table, there's people around. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like I used to go, like... When I lived in New York, I used to, it sounds creepy, but I used to go in the woods all the time and there wouldn't be anybody around. So, yeah. No, it's just because I've been living here too long. Everyone in San Diego wants to go outside. So there's never anywhere to be alone outside out here. It's true. Ain't it the truth? Oh, my God. All right. I don't think I have anything else. It's just really good. It's so good. Backstreet Boys. and All right. <laughs> Backstreet's back. That's what I wrote when he showed up in the kitchen. Oh, poor dad. Oh, oh no, Backstreet's back. That's what I wrote. To murder and steal For your murder. child. <laughs> Did you know that there was supposed to be a Holleran prequel? Oh, I wish we would have gotten that. And Mike Flanagan was supposed to direct it would have watched it who wouldn't watch a hollering prequel i mean let's be real i'll watch anything that flanagan does so do you know why you know why they didn't make it it's because this film was significantly less successful than they were hoping it would be really Um, yeah dr sleep 
was not a hit. It was a, a hit in my mind, so that's all I saw. I mean, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think the reason they think it wasn't so successful is because it wasn't, I don't know. They think it was like an age group issue. But it was a $45 million budget movie. Its gross in the U.S. was 31 Yeah, when I went to go see this on opening night, the, I'll tell you, the theater was not packed. It wasn't packed when I saw it either. And I saw it pretty, I didn't see it opening night, but I saw it pretty close to when it opened. Its cumulative worldwide gross was 72 mil. So, like, it it didn't, the numbers weren't there, Isn't unfortunately. I think they had big hopes for it, and it just didn't happen, which is a bummer. Because this so was good. Flanagan's first big-budget film. He nailed it. You nailed it, buddy. He did, but not in terms of Whatever. box office, unfortunately. The box office is fickle. It is, it is, um, but it's just a bummer because now Holleran's not happening unless it happens as like a low budget something. It should happen now because everyone's just making straight to streaming. Netflix, pick it up. Yeah, Netflix, you so, love you love Flanagan. Give him the money to make this God, movie. Right. Well, we well Flanagan's doing um, Midnight Mass right now, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be a TV series. Um, and that's coming out sometime this year. We don't know when yet. My guess would be second half of the year. They haven't released a date yet. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I think it's only seven episodes, though. So I don't know. He's working on something else called The Midnight Club. Do they have anything to do with each other? (laughs) I don't believe so. I don't believe so. That's also a TV series. So it looks like he's sticking with TV for now. Because Netflix I can see. is his friend. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm all about it. I love Mike Flanagan. I don't know. I wish we had Holleran, but you can't, you can't have it all, Carly, you know? It's true. You can't, ha- you can't have it all sometimes. All right. What are you doing? We're going to move on. Do you have anything you want to talk about? No. No. Have you watched anything interesting? Uh, what have I watched this week? I started a bunch of shows. But didn't finish any of them? No. Or want to continue? No, I do. I just, like, it was very sporadic. Like, I started a lot of animated shows. <laughs> oh, okay. I watched that. Uh, animated, like, anime or animated, like, children animation? Oh, not children. It Not not neither not meant for children how about let's just say that um i started watching the harley quinn series that's on uh hbo and then i started watching that new show invincible that just came out on amazon prime did i tell you i watched birds of prey not to (gasps) you didn't not to interrupt did i tell you that i as a palate cleanser because i started antebellum at night and i would like was no. not about go- to going to sleep yeah that's that. hard yeah i yeah, watched yeah. birds of prey to cleanse my palate <laughs> <laughs> all right i could see that as a good palate cleanser i love that movie so much it's pretty good it's so fun it's pretty good it is fun 
I like the whole like fight scene at the end I and like the the roller skating. Yes. Yes. So much. <laughs> it literally that scene gives me anxiety because I'm just like, God, if one of her wheels gets fucked, she's done. That scene, though, where, like, they come out from the fun house and then the the bird call thing. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's amazing. It's so ridiculous. It's so good. No, it's fine. The canary, I, like, I that's enjoyed what she it. Does. But, I love yeah, it. I love I, that movie I, so I, much. She's a ball. She's wonderful. She is. Okay. Should we spin the wheel of terrors, or do you want to talk about your show some more? I really don't. I, I just I don't I have mean much to cut to you say. off. No, I'm just in the first episode, so okay. Let's spin that wheel of terrors. Ooh, Ooh Coco D Coco Da. Uh, I have no idea what that is. It is streaming. I know that for How a fact. How do you spell it? K-O. Okay. K-O. Coco. Space. There it is. Okay. From D-I. 2019. Yeah. It is on Shudder. We did a trailer trash talk on it. You don't remember it. I sure don't. Okay. So what else are we watching? This does not go with Coco D. Coco Da. This would have been good for last week. The Dead Zone. Oh. This would have been good for last week. <laughs> Terrible. 1983. Companion. Well, it's streaming on Fubo, Fubo only. So we can keep it or we can respin. I mean, I love The Dead Zone a lot. Christopher Walken is a treasure, but I don't feel like it's the right time. We can keep it on the wheel and just maybe say not this week. Not this week, Christopher Walken. It just would be too weird. Yeah. Okay. This would be. (laughs) Oh, yes. Finally, The Wretched. Oh. This film has been on the wheel for fucking ever it's like one of the first movies i put on the wheel and i've been wanting to watch it forever well it is currently streaming on hulu oh fucking yes finally i can watch that movie same i've also had it in my queue i keep almost watching it i'm like i need to just wait i just need to just wait and i've been waiting for like eight months heaven's sake let me just watch this movie wheel (laughs) today's the day today's the day thank you Thank you. Oh, all all knowing wheel, wheel of terrors. Oh, what a brilliant, a brilliant wheel. Coco D and Coco Da and the wretched. That'll be an interesting one. I'm excited. I don't know what that's about. And I'm excited about it. So I don't really remember. I And I don't think the trailer tells you much for Coco D, Coco Da. But I remember watching the trailer and being like, this looks weird. <laughs> The, the image makes creepy. it look like an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, so I'm super curious. Yeah. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. We're going to go on a ride next week, and we hope that you will join us as we watch Coco D, Coco Da, which is streaming on Shudder, and The Wretched, which is streaming on Hulu. Whoop, whoop. Yes. Okay. 
So until next week, then I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. 